0: Here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service minimum now they're taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo uh, over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Tacapola. Well, then,
1: yeah. So you're back on the uh, little communities. I'm just, I just, train, go, I, guess. I just,
0: I just sort of, I have this list of communities, right? And I just scroll through it and whatever one, you know, gets me, uh, get, catches my eye that day. one tickles your fancy. Tickles my fancy. Yes, exactly. So whatever one that is, is, is where I go. And then today, assuming I pronounced it correctly, it's uh, Takapola. Well, there you go. Could be Tokapola, but I, I, Takapola just sounds right. Feels right to me. Like in the area, please. As always, let us know, but be nice about it. Don't be a don't be a jerk. I thought it. I thought everybody with the Weidman's thing was was pretty nice. They're like, hey, it's Weidmans. Yeah, there wasn't anybody like it's Weidmans, you morons. That happens. It that happens happen
1: from time to time. It Does happen. So
0: wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. You just got to go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and place order for shipping, and that's where you can order the brand new and awesome flavor Maple Bacon Pancake. If you ever wanted to cram your entire breakfast into your coffee cup, they got you covered at Strange Brew Coffee right now. A sweet, salty masterpiece. I give it five stars at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. You've had it? College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't just find Anywhere else. And, of course, if you're, you are know, if you follow College Corner on Twitter, at College Corner MS, and you're looking for a certain item, let those guys know. They're very helpful. If they've got it in stock, they'll show you where to get it. And if they don't have it in stock, they'll make an effort to get it. So great customer service over there at College Corner and great maroon and white merchandise. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, followed by the Half Shell. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. It'll be a great place to go grab dinner this weekend if you're going to be in town for basketball. Great place to grab lunch on a Friday afternoon, the best blue plate in town, and so many other great things there. And, of course, if you're just looking to have a good time after the game or you know pregame or whatever, the guest room is always a fantastic spot. The same great food you get at Restaurant Tyler with the awesome cocktail program they have down there. It's Starkville's one and only speakeasy at the guest room. Robbie Falk, Mississippi State football. We, we went into this a little bit uh, yesterday. Just to, we went on it, and I talked about it a little bit uh, on uh, on Thunder and Lightning Live about some of the issues that Mississippi State's going to face this fall, or this, I'm sorry, this spring, trying to put together a legitimate offensive depth chart, more or less, to, to practice and to install and, and, and to get these new sets in the Kevin Barbe offense going now this is not to say and I want to make this very clear that, that Mike leach left the cupboard bare or anything it's just this is a dramatic change in offense from what leach ran to what Barbe wants to run and there there's, there's just some personnel issues the personnel state has the wide receiver position the running back the quarterback and the offensive line they're fine they're good players they're players who have won they won nine games a season ago and they're going to be and have a great opportunity to win that many again in 2023 but there are some gaps there the transfer portal has hurt you at the quarterback position you've got to go out and find some tight ends you know they're going to practice you know they're going to figure these things out but do you think it's going to be a case of they have to sort of you know use some some patchwork and some duct tape and get through this spring or do you think in the coming weeks they can fill up the roster enough to to get through this at
1: quarterback, I think that they, they really just need one more scholarship guy at yeah. quarterback. Get to three scholarship players, you should be okay. Tight end is the big question mark for me. It's mm. been said that um, Rylan Goad, is that, is, that, is that how you say his last Man, name?
0: I've, I need to watch a, a video or something. I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's Goad or Goode or what, but yeah. You. Um, you.
1: Rylan goad <laughs> Rylan Goad is how I'm going to pronounce it. It's been said that he's a major possibility for Mississippi State. It looks like he's coming in for uh, a visit next week because he's. I believe they have the funeral of um, the two, um, the Georgia player and the uh, girl that was working in their department that were tragically killed. I think they. Mm-hmm. I think that funeral or something is this weekend. So no
0: real service, something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's apparently visiting next weekend. There seems to be. Some kind of connection as well with his uh, fiance in Mississippi State volleyball. I don't know what's going on there, but I think, I believe she's transferring. She has an opportunity, I think, with an offer or something in Mississippi State. So there's a very good chance that Mississippi State lands him. The problem with that is he is going to finish at Georgia and cannot graduate, I don't believe, until the summer. So you're not going to have him in the spring. That sets you right back to where you were at the tight end position. You're, if you get him, you still have no tight ends on the roster. And at best, I'm guessing, if they, I'm guessing they'll probably get two tight ends. At best, you're looking at maybe one, tight, one true tight end that you have available in the spring, if you bring a guy in in the spring. So I don't really know how, how that's going to work out. You know, maybe – Maybe the offense is a little more dumbed down this spring and they don't incorporate a tight end. Maybe they have somebody that's there just to kind of play a dummy that just shows you what that look is like or something. Maybe they move somebody from wide receiver or defensive end or something to tight end. I don't know. That's the biggest question mark to me with this offense right now. I mean, quarterback still is not a huge question mark because you have a a now four-year starter that's going to be back. The problem is if something happens to Will Rogers and you're putting out uh, Chris Parson on the field or uh, Jake Ware or someone like that that's a walk-on <clears throat> behind Parson, and Parson I don't think is fully recovered from his injury either. So it, that could get messy. If, if, if Will Rogers is completely healthy all year, you're good. But you, can't be, you have to be prepared. You can't be hanging on by a thread like that. So... I think they need to have a quarterback position filled here in the spring, so they have three quarterbacks, um, maybe even just two if Parsons not able to play. But you got to have more out there than Will Rogers, or you're in big trouble.
0: Totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, because, I mean, just in practice, you never mind putting on the, the red jersey and not letting him. I mean, you can just tweak an ankle, you know, planning to throw the football. You, you, injury risk with every play. So yeah, you've got to have this other guy in here. And I don't know who that guy is going to be, but it feels like it needs to happen soon and 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 there's just, you know, I don't know what the quality of quarterback remaining in the portal is at this at this point. And obviously nobody else can jump in because, you know, we've reached sort of that deadline date. So, you know, and we go back, what 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 year was it? Was it 20 was it the sp- spring of 2013? When there was only Tyler Russell available, that Dak was hurt. Yeah. I, 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 you know, Damian Williams wasn't coming in yet. Cord Sandberg opted to play baseball. And so it was just Tyler Russell and some walk ons. And that was all you really had for the, uh, for spring. And then, you know, you get into the season and it just sort of goes from there. And then you go back, as we've talked about it before, to the, the fall of 2017, where you had two scholarship quarterbacks on the team. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald and Keaton Thompson, Nick Tiano and Elijah Staley had left, and that was it. So it's it's doable, but it's it's a very dangerous situation where you're you're just one snap away from playing a true freshman, and then you're another snap away from playing a walk on, which you know it not ideal at best. When you when you talk about the tight end position, you mentioned the the Georgia kid. To me, my first thought is they're going to have to. I don't think they can get three to four tight ends. In, in, the, in, in before spring. I just, I just don't think they can. So that almost you know leads you to believe they're going to have to move some guys around, be it a linebacker, a running back. We've all talked about Antonio Harmon. I like the idea of Harmon as a tight end because I think he's a good athlete and he's obviously a big kid. But there's a huge difference between I got to block cornerbacks versus I got to block defensive ends in the SEC. Has a bigger yeah. difference between planning to block a cornerback and trying to block a guy like Willa Henderson. So I, I, mean, who I else? who else could you put out there well, that's I the mean, thing. That, you know, I, when you look at the roster, which I just had up, I wish I hadn't closed that tab. Here it is. So I mean
1: the only person from a body standpoint that I think could remotely get close to that with Harmon is Justin Robinson. And you kind of oh, I mean, I mean, he's emerged look, on the outside.
0: I'm not even looking at receivers when I think about this, honestly. I'm looking at linebackers. Like, could a guy like Jave Gilmore play the spring at tight end? Could Khalid Moore play the spring at tight end? Guys who are freshmen that, you know, if if it, if they don't show any promise there, you just move them back to linebacker and, and you're fine once you get the right guys in in the, at the end of the spring. But just to get, some, get some, some practice in, could you move a couple of your young linebackers to tight end?
1: I mean, and then you kind of risk you know, taking them away from developing their at linebacker. That, that would be my concern there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, J.P. Purvis, I think, would be great for an up-back role. If, he, if J.P. Purvis is not going to factor into your linebacker position, that's a guy that I could see as an up slash tight end. And I watched him in high school on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. He's, he's very capable of that. Now, that wouldn't be ideal um, for what you want your tight end to be. I mean, he hasn't played on the offensive side of the ball in college. But if you're down to an emergency guy, he w- I don't think he would be an awful uh, pick to be a guy that might – play a role as a fullback or an up back or something like that like i said i mean in high school he was unstoppable which i mean you're we're talking about two-way football in pilahatchee but he was a very skilled guy in, in high school and i think he still is but do you want to take him away from the from the defensive side of the ball where he showed a lot of promise this year the question is going to be how much is he going to play If he, if he's not going to play on the defensive side if you're not going to rotate your linebackers like People hope that they would this year. <clears throat> don't waste a talent like that. Why don't you? Why don't you see what he could do on the offensive side? This is a perfect time to do it. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I want to throw in a a redshirt freshman like Javale Gilmore, or Khalid Moore, with a with a promising future linebacker. When you got a guy that's kind of at the tail end here in JP Vervis of his career, I think he's about to be a fifth year senior or something. Um, it looks like you know he's not going to get a ton of time on that side of the ball. This might be a new life for him. I don't know. That's just a that's a it's it's just suggestion a tough, for me.
0: And I I I really do agree with you. I'm just trying. I don't I don't even know that I'm playing devil's advocate as much as I'm just trying to come up with some solutions in a unusual situation. You know. 95% of college football rosters have at least one tight end on them. Mississippi State's one of the few that doesn't. And
1: this, this was the this was the only position that was really going to be an issue for Mississippi State whenever Mike Leach eventually left or whatever because it's the only position that they haven't recruited for the last couple of seasons. Yeah? And that's why, you know, whenever Mike Leach at at one point this past year had mentioned like he would like to incorporate a tight end, but it needs to be a difference making type of player. So I think he was having some thoughts about that. He just never went through with it, but you're in a tough place now with this. And I'm not understanding the tight end recruiting from Mississippi state either. As far as the transfer portal is concerned, we just haven't seen a ton of names. And to be fair about that, I don't think a lot is getting out of that office right now at certain positions. There's new coaches. They're not letting in a lot of information out. They don't really know a lot of people here. I, I think a lot of stuff, like we, we saw today um, Freddie Roberson from Eastern Washington, who we've talked about even back you know, a month ago as being a possibility for Mississippi State wide receiver. He had kind of gone under the radar over the last few weeks. He's visiting this weekend. I doubt that was something that just popped up. Right. I'm sure Mississippi State's been talking to him. But that information has not really been out there. So I don't know what they have in mind at at tight end. Other than uh, Ryland, who I think Paul just reached out to by himself to gauge what kind of interest he might have. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know any tight end possibilities for Mississippi State, but that's not to say that they haven't been pushing
0: that to some guys. And there's another thing that we haven't discussed is that there's still another signing day. Yeah, if you're Mississippi State, you you definitely need to be pursuing a freshman tight end. I don't know who the highest rated tight end is left on the board that's unsigned, but you definitely need to be pursuing one, at least one true freshman to come in. Maybe you not be able to be here until the fall, but to get them get them into the signing class for sure, right? Well, let's let's see what we got here. Um,
1: Deuce Robinson who's the number one tight end in the country. I guess he's going to georgia i'm guessing he hasn't signed yet he's a five star so we can probably forget about that um walker lyons he's projected to go to stanford that might be another guy that's just waiting uh i mean most of these guys are are taken at this point but there's got to be somebody out there that you can convince just to come in and hey we got a we have a wide open spot, literally a wide open spot. I didn't even really like delved into the tight end position. Here's uh, Anthony Miller from Duluth, Georgia. I don't have any crystal ball predictions. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but I, I'm sure they have. I mean, you got to know a, co- a coach that needs tight ends in his system. You've got to know that he's doing his homework to try right. to land one. He's not just sitting here going, yeah, you know, we'll just move somebody from a different. No, I, I think he's probably got his guys in mind, and I'm sure he's working on that. We just don't know because that information is not getting out. This is a new coach. He doesn't know anyone around here. So you just have to trust that these guys
0: are doing their due diligence, which I believe that they are. And you might just, you know, you may not be able to get a highly rated guy. You're probably not at this point. You may need to look at some group of five classes and see some, find somebody who's unsigned uh, or just, just whatever, just to get some depth. But these are some of the ideas. And it's so funny to have this discussion. Then you talk about the other side of the ball and it's like locked and loaded. No yeah. questions, no worries. Everybody uh, knows where they're going to be for the most careful. part.
1: Yeah. You but don't be... want to be called chief. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whatever sport. Anyway. But I mean, yeah. You look at the defense, and it's it's just like, okay, you lost Emmanuel Forbes, but you know, you'll probably just, you know, you you got guys you can plug in there. Kamari Rogers will probably be there. You've you recruited. You got your safeties coming in from the portal. You bring back so much up front in the front six. Everything seems like it's just in a good spot there. And then you look at the offense, you're like, well, I guess they'll figure it out. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's so strange, isn't it? Like the it's been like that for like the last month and a half too. Like the offense has had the most drama around it. Even Will Rogers had a bunch of drama around him. The defense, like, everybody came out and said they were coming back, that was coming back. You know, the ones that were going to leave, they announced they were leaving, they got out of the way or whatever. There's been, like, no issues on that side of the ball. Everybody's been – and maybe it has been behind the scenes. I don't know. But the offense has played out completely differently. You have Tulu recruiting – Every single person in the portal for Mississippi State, then he enters the portal, and then the guy that he recruited out of the portal to come back is recruiting him now. And it's just a, it's like a never ending thing with the offensive side of the ball. There's always some kind of question mark or drama or changes. It's just, and Mississippi State's defense just stays the same. And that, it seems to be that's, that's been the case for Mississippi State for many, many years. The defense has kind of been your, steadying force and it's, you know, produced the most NFL guys and uh, you seem to have uh, a lot of big names coming off that defense side of the ball and the offense just has always been hit or miss, it seems like. So, I don't yeah. know, but they, they have to figure out, a they have to plug a few things here going into the spring and hopefully they can get that done before the summer.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. One other note uh, for today. Uh, Paul Jones tweeted this out just a little bit ago. It's a tweet from Scott Brown, who is the uh, head coach at uh, Boonville High, or is a coach at Boonville High School. I shouldn't say head coach. Is, that, is he the head coach? Do you know? You would know that.
1: Um, I'm not sure. Was, that, was Scott Brown at Ocean Springs?
0: don't know the answer to that. I, you're the high school football guy, my friend, not, not me.
1: Not me. But anyway, I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't know.
0: But that being said, I'm trying to look through his uh, his Twitter profile to see if I see anything from Ocean Springs <clears throat> prior to uh. To maybe I
1: maybe I just made that up. I don't know. But Scott Brown yeah. Scott Brown is the head football coach at
0: Booneville. at Booneville. All right. So anyway, Brett Dewhurst was there today recruiting. So what that tells us is that even though it has not been made official, Brett Dewhurst is because I can't a, 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 a the only people who can go on the road recruiting like that are our coaches, right? Or can analysts go? Can Rod Gibson go on the road?
1: It, it has to be that you have an open spot and you have to get, instead boy, approval. Okay.
0: It's, it, he's the safety's coach. Right. It's not official yet, but there you go. So. I don't know why none of this is official. I don't, it's weird, right? It's like they, they have their, they
1: have all their, all they got to do is say, but,
0: and they don't have to do a press conference or anything. It's gonna say, you know, Mississippi State has made the following, you know, and you don't even have to say anything about Washington because he's just keeping the same job. You just say we have moved Tony Hughes to tight ends coach, and Brett Dewhurst has been promoted to safety's coach. Done. So yeah. not a graphic. We're all happy. All right. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know it's what the weird. deal is with all it's that. That's a little weird. But we'll just, we just we just move, we just move forward with it, so. This spring, though, I, I when does spring Super Bulldog weekend is the 14th, 15th and sixteenth. So it's normally spring practice starts. What about a, so spring practice should be starting like right around spring break is what I would imagine. So that would put us if I'm March. correct in the middle of March. So we're probably under 60 days, like 55 days away from the start of spring practice at, uh, at Mississippi State. So. We'll see. You'll see. Like I said, you know, see what the portal brings in between now and then. But I think it's going to be an interesting. uh, Yeah, if if Leach, I said this on the show. If Leach were still here, spring practice would be like really boring, right? Because everything's going to be the same. Everybody's back. You just move forward. Whereas now it's it's actually interesting. There's you know there's new stuff to see. There's you know there's new people moving around and there's new offense and so spring practice will actually be something that you know is worth reporting on um, in 2023 for Mississippi State. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. And if you're staying in cuz it's cold, well then maybe a big pot of beef stew or a big pot of chili will keep you warm this winter. Whatever you want to do, it all starts with beef. Head to your local grocery stores and pick up some beef. Your family will thank you and so will our Mississippi Beef providers. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Whenever you're looking for a great meal in Starkville, if you're going to be here this weekend, I can't give you a higher recommendation than to head to Two Brothers. Enjoy some smoked wings, some tacos, some pork rind nachos. There's just nothing on the menu that's a miss. And, of course, Robbie and I's favorite, the prime rib sandwich. It's all great at Two Brothers. Enjoy a trip there to enjoy to, in, in, to immerse yourself. I, could, I didn't want to say enjoy twice in some smoked Southern soul food. Great products, great service. Every business promises it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. 48 years of delivering it right to your door. When you need technology for your business, when you need a new copier, a new printer, you need new computers or laptops, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service on those products, you get to call them right back. And it's not talking to somebody in a call center from across the way. It's not talking to somebody in an out-of-state consultant, oh, I can be there in a week, 10 days. Nope, you're talking to somebody in the same state as you. They treat you like a neighbor, not a number. The number is 601-362-9192 or you can visit them online at absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business we're almost the first pitch. Uh, we are uh, you know, less than a month away now from the start. Th- this weekend, basically, it will be baseball. And it's gonna, you know, I, looked at the, I, I may have made a mistake. I looked ahead at the forecast. It's going to be cold. It's going to be in the, the, the mid-30s that, those evenings. So I'm just going to tell you right now, you need a new pullover, and you need to get it from the road, from their collegiate collection. They have all sorts of brands and styles, and they all have the M over S logo that you want. So, if you want to get a great polo, a great pullover with the logos that you want, with the understated style that you want, you call and you go shop at The Rogue. The Rogue and Jackson, therogue.com. Don't live the three stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Is it fair to say Mississippi State is kind of treading into must win territory with this game with Florida? Florida on the season, 10 and eight, 3 and three in the conference. Uh, when you look at what they've done in conference play, um, in terms of scoring, 58 points in a loss to Auburn, 63 points in a loss to Texas A&M. They did score 82 on Georgia. Uh, they scored 67 on LSU, 73 on Missouri, and then 52 in a loss again to Texas A&M. Offensively, it feels like they're a team that you, know, you can manage to, to stay with if, if you're Mississippi State. You know, if you set the, the goal at stake can getting to 63, 64 points, that can be enough to win against this Florida team. And I'm kind of surprised by, by, you know, when you look at Florida and their stats, Robbie, you would think with Colin Castleton on this team that they would just be a, a little bit better inside, but they're really not. They're only out rebounding their opponents by two. And I don't mean two per game, I mean two rebounds on the year. They have two more rebounds total. Than, they're, than the opposition does. I like Todd Golden. I think he's going to end up being a pretty good coach. I, 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 Mike White obviously didn't leave Florida in a great place, but it feels like this Florida team should be a little bit better. They, I feel like they've underachieved at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had one of the better players in the lead in Castleton coming back. And last year, I don't think he played against Mississippi State. And State, we saw that game went. State should have won that ball game. Um, but... Anyway, they they scored fifty-two on Wednesday in a brutal game against A and M, and that's a game that they had twelve points at halftime. They had to score forty in the second half to make, to get over the fifty-point threshold. They had twelve points at halftime, so this is an offense that is not, it's not like Tennessee and and Bama that can just really string together a whole lot of points. Um, more often than not, it's, it looks like they're going to be. Slimmer, similar to Mississippi State in most of their ball games, they're going to struggle to score a lot of points. They have 58 against Auburn, like you said, 63 against a 52 against A&M. So I think State's going to be able to keep this game where they want it. So where, what, State, what really hurt State the other night was they got into a shootout in the second half with Tennessee. And the first half is right where they wanted Tennessee to be. They just couldn't break through with some – Uh, with some big points to push that lead out. But they held Tennessee to 23 points at halftime. The second half turned into a shootout. Tennessee was 8 of 9. So State's got to – a lot of that was they had a hand in the face, but State's got to make sure that they don't have a hot shooting night from Florida. You keep it manageable, you keep it in the 50s, and I think State has a chance. Mm -hmm. The problem with this game is – you you finally like you get a chance. You had a little stretch here where you know you struggled with Georgia, Auburn, and Tennessee, mm-hmm. and Auburn and Tennessee were especially tough, really tough opponents. And then Georgia, of course, you're on the road, but Florida I think is a winnable game for them. But then you got to go to Tuscaloosa, so it getting past this this these next two weeks I think is critical for Mississippi State to keep their head above water. The Alabama game to me just if, if they win the game, it's incredible. If they lose the game, I mean, you cannot let that linger. But these next two home games especially are huge for them, Florida and TCU. If you go 2-1 and one in the stretch, you beat Florida and TCU, I think that you're right back on path here because the back half of the schedule is very, very winnable for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, you know, like they can win 8 out of 10 of some of these games. I mean, like Vanderbilt, South Carolina twice, Missouri twice, um, who's a team that we don't know what to expect from them, Kentucky at home, Ole Miss, A&M, A&M at home, LSU. These games are winnable. I mean, the toughest game in that stretch to me is Arkansas because it's at Fayetteville. And they're and sort of a, right now. That's not a team that that's scaring you right now. So mm-hmm. you have a path here to rack up some wins down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But I think your time is running out. It's, <clears throat> we're we're kind of getting to the, the stage of Mississippi State basketball, which I'm feeling much more bright about mm-hmm. than I have in the past. But we're getting to the stage that we get to every single year where we start saying, okay, you really don't need to lose this game. You really need to win this game.
0: I but think, by that same token, I think you would agree State has played better Against these last two games, against Auburn and Tennessee, then against Georgia, this is the time under Howland where the team would start taking a downturn in the way they're yeah. playing. I feel like they've played better the last two games. If they play the way they played against Auburn and against Tennessee, I think they have a great chance to beat Florida.
1: Well, that that's that's kind of my thing. Like, and I think Chris Jans was was making a point about this the other night in the press conference. They they have to remember like they're close. Mm-hmm. They can't. They can't continue to, um, you know, come up short and then eventually just say, you know what, this this isn't going to work. They have to realize you were within a couple of possessions of beating Auburn and beating Georgia. You were in the ball game against Tennessee until late. You know, you were trading blow for blow with them. The Alabama game, you were in the ball game pretty much the entire game. You just couldn't score the points you needed. Every single loss this year, with the exception of that Tennessee game which you know, they might have beaten anybody in the country that night, Mississippi State's had a chance. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. I think this would be a huge game to get for Mississippi State to just get a little momentum back. Hmm. And then you go to Tuscaloosa, you put up a fight. If you come up short, you've taken a step forward. And from there, you are over, in my opinion, you're over the hump, and you have a chance here down the stretch to really get some wins. And we're looking at... You and I, I think, both believe Mississippi State has seven more wins. They got a shot.
0: They have a chance, yeah. Eight, seven more conference wins. Well, I mean, let's just go through it real quick. I think they have a shot on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I would say they have a shot with both games with South Carolina. They should win those. I'll say splitting with Missouri would be doing good because Missouri's been good this year. So if you can get yeah. one there. I think they can beat Vanderbilt. I think they can beat Texas A&M. That game's at home. That's six and then Kentucky, LSU, Arkansas, TCU would be a I mean TCU's not a conference win but that's a great win for your net. So that would be seven more wins. That would be 20 wins. I mean you're close. You should be, you should be in and you would you'd have a you'd have a good chance to be in at that point.
1: Yeah. There's I mean you did yourself you gave yourself a ton of leeway in the first half of the schedule in non-conference by starting Eleven and zero, or whatever it was, you you gave yourself yeah a chance. That that's something that's that we this said. team hasn't done in non-conference play.
0: We said that when it happened, we were like, "This is you. You are giving yourself the opportunity that if you go through a, a tough patch, which they're doing right now, if you can get out of it and start stacking up a few more wins at the back end, you'll be fine." That's what's happened to this point. But even now, State is in a respectable position. They've just got to find some wins, and I would say, you know. If you lose to Florida, you, like you said, next week going to be tough, right? Alabama, you're not winning that game, I don't think in Tuscaloosa. And then TCU is a really good basketball team. That would be what six losses in a row. I mean, that's that's a tough stretch. Uh, finding a way to win on Saturday, which I think they can, w- would would go a long way. I think it would just do wonders for their confidence and uh, and give them an opportunity. Like so, once you get past that game with TCU you definitely start going downhill in the good way in terms of picking up momentum, not going downhill in terms of its falling apart. So we shall have to see what happens. All right, uh, Robbie and I, will be back with you on Sunday. We'll recap what happens at the hump uh, Saturday night against the Florida Gators. We'll probably have some more recruiting news to talk about, some more football stuff, and we'll lead into another great week, hopefully, of Thunder and Lightning. Appreciate you guys always tuning in. We love you. If you love us, please uh, stop by your uh, podcast and give us a – five-star review. As always, you can say whatever you want. You can call Robbie a long-haired hippie. You can call me a fat tub of lard. I don't care as long as we get the five stars on the review. Talk to you guys next week. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.